this is my very first podcast. But you know what? Maybe this is not the show for you. Hell, maybe this is not even the right podcast for you. Welcome to Speaking Truth to Power, the progressive news show with Les Biesery. Speaking Truth to Power is the everyday black man's perspective on the world of progressive politics, national and world events, and general life itself. My name is Marlon. On today's show, I want to try something a little different. I'm going to say this show may not be for you if you don't believe in these three elements, white supremacy, white privilege, and systemic racism. If these elements is not something that you truly believe is happening in this world, then I guarantee you this show is not for you. Now, for those who stuck around because you do believe these issues do exist, welcome. But let's talk to the people who may be on the fence, who may think that is a small, small issue, but it's not that big of a deal. Well, I ask you to give me a few minutes to give you a couple of examples of why not only is this a big issue in the United States, but around the world. So let's start with white supremacy. You know, cousins, for the life of me, I couldn't figure out why Trumpsters felt that the vote was being stolen. And I don't mean they had an inkling about it. I mean, they really, really, truly believe that this whole election was stolen from them, and I couldn't for the life of me figure out why. But then I did figure out why. They felt that the election was stolen from them because every trick that they tried to pull before the election to steal it themselves didn't work. Now, I'm, I'm not talking just to talk or preach just to preach. I mean... I literally have proof. You you can honestly see documented evidence of polling stations being closed for no apparent reason whatsoever or the most worst loose reasoning for closing it. But it only seems to be closing in minority neighborhoods. And you're already dealing with a transportation infrastructure that makes it harder for minorities to travel anywhere in and of itself but we'll talk about that <clears throat> we'll talk about that later we're talking about people who literally went out of their ways to make sure that you wasn't able to vote your god-given constitutional to vote which they're, of course, going to turn around and go, well, we're not stopping you from voting. We're just not going to make it easy for you to vote. But that didn't work, especially in Georgia. More on that. Let's talk about Louis DeJoy, Trump supporting. We already knew beyond a shadow of a doubt because of the pandemic that mail-in ballots, which pretty much... Um, helped out the Democratic Party more than the Republican Party. And, of course, you know, just to backtrack, 
of course it would help the Democratic Party more than the Republican Party because the Republican Party and the Republican people didn't believe that the the pandemic was real, so they're eager to go out and kill themselves compared to the Democratic Party who did take the pandemic um, seriously and decided, hey, I'm going to mail in my ballot so I don't go out there and die. But that was already known, so we're going to have to figure out how we're going to mess with the postal service. So let's put Louis DeJoy in. A man who has absolutely no experience in the postal services at all. None. And again, I don't have to lie to you. Look it up yourself. He has no experience in the postal service. But besides that, the very fact that the first thing this man did is decide, well, the post office is burning through a lot of money, so I'm going to cut all hours. That's going to save us money right before the election. You know what? Those high-speed letter sorters, um, you know what? They're, they're burning through money really, really quickly. Let, let's go ahead and um, take those down, as many as we can, right before the election. Well, you know what? No more overtime. We can't have any more overtime because... You know, it, again, the post office is burning through Buddy. Of course, again, right before the election. I really, really have come to a point in my life where I, if you're going to lie to me, make it a good lie. And believe me, all of this was a lie. This had absolutely, positively nothing to do with money. The post office has been burning through money since day one, and it's, it was the reasoning of uh, Bush put into effect that you have to put, the post office has to put money aside for, um, for retirees from the post office, for pensions, which that's what's burning through the money. But I digress, that still didn't work. So, what else can we do? Hey, don't we still have that voter purge thing going on that we um, started in 2017? You know, let, let, let's take a look and see uh, how many of these voters are felons. Doesn't matter what your felon is for, as long as it says it's a felon. Hey, Let's take a look and see when was the last time these people voted. Granted, I have absolutely no idea what one has to do with the other, that the fact that you have to constantly vote year after year or election after election, and if you don't, we're going to take you off the registry. I have no idea what one has to do with the other. You, you, the Constitution never said you have the right to vote, but if you don't, we're going to take you off the registry so you don't can't vote anymore. Either way, it really was a law. In some states, not all, but in some states. And apparently that didn't work. Let's even go as far as a governor of Texas, Governor Greg Abbott, who decided. And by the way, I, I his his reasoning for. Well, let me tell you what he did first. He decided that 
we're going to have a mail drop ballot box, one mail drop ballot box in each county. Now, I know it sounds stupid. You know it sounds stupid. But his reasoning for doing it is even dumber. The fact that he did it was so he felt this will cut down on the pandemic and cut down on people being affected because if it's less boxes, it's less people coming out. So now you're taking the pandemic seriously. No, you think everybody else is stupid except you. So again, that didn't work. It's these things that and I'm and I'm coming back around to the fact of well, Marlon, what does that have to do with white supremacy? It isn't the white supremacy for the fact that these things happened. The white supremacy happened when they thought it would work. Because for years they've gotten away with this to begin with. There's no accountability for the things that they did. How many Trump appointees has he put in high in high jobs? that had no experience in the job that he put them in. But hey, nobody said anything about it. White supremacy. Why should I stop doing something if there's no accountability for it? We knew it was wrong. I know it was wrong. You know it was wrong. They knew themselves that it was wrong. But uh, so what? What are you going to do about it? Absolutely not. So, we can go back as far as white supremacy of even when I was growing up, I always heard when I was a little kid, why should I vote as a black man, as a black woman, as a minority of any kind? Why should I vote? The The election has already been picked. I could go as far as say the election has already been picked because the white people are going to always pick who they want to choose. So why should I waste my time going to vote? Now that I'm an older person, you kind of wonder, who put that out there? Because it's really hard for me to believe that a black person or a minority person of any kind put it out that no reason to vote because your vote is not going to count. And it's proven this year, this last election, that that is absolutely not true. Now, for the Democrats out there, which I will do a later show about, you had our vote. And we put you in office. So um, we're going to be watching you very, very closely. But I don't want to go off on a tangent on that. We'll, we'll discuss that later. Wrapping around to my point of white supremacy, even in this election, has just proven that the Republican Party, Trumpsters, so to speak, really felt like the election was rigged that the election was taken from them because every trick that they tried to do to steal it first didn't work. So they can't take the responsibility that, hey, it just didn't work and that's why we lost. No, something had to be wrong. Something had to be stolen. Something had to go. There, there had to be a flaw. There is absolutely no way we put this much effort into stealing the election from everybody first that it didn't work. So here we are, you did lose, but there has to be something wrong with it. Because we've been stealing the elections for years, 
for election after election after election, and it worked in the past. So what happened now? Why didn't it work this time? Ah, it must have been stolen. And that's the mindset of white supremacy because they constantly know if I can keep doing something over and over and over and over again, there's no consequences of it because I'm a white male, why should I change? If it worked before, it'll work again and again and again. And you know what, cousins? They're not wrong. So with that said... Let's move on to systemic racism. Now, I have plenty of examples of this, but I think one of the things that intrigued me the most that white America has gotten away with for so long, and not only for so long, we're talking about something that was outlawed in 1968 and is still being affected today, and that's redlining. Now, I'm sure a lot of you know exactly what redlining is. I'm sure some of you even have more knowledge than me on it. But for the people who may not know anything about it or know very little about it, let me explain how this works. Redlining, if you take a map of your city, your county, um, what they did back in the 50s and 60s was they would draw and just picture this on a map the neighborhoods that minorities stayed in and the white neighborhoods and what happens is they will draw a red line around the minority neighborhoods what that would show to real estate agencies to banks and you know industries like that was these are the neighborhoods that is most likely not to get loans, most likely not to have banks or investors invest in that neighborhood. If the very least not compared to their white counterparts' neighborhoods. Because you have to remember that because of this red line, subconsciously, banks and real estate agencies made it clear that anybody within this red line is a high risk for investments. So we don't want to invest in these neighborhoods knowing, without actually knowing, that we're never going to get our money back. They didn't know that at all. It, but it was subconsciously already put in their mind that these are very risk, very high risk. So why should we waste our time? Again, compared to their white counterparts' neighborhoods. Now, of course, this practice was outlawed in 1968. But you have to see this as the damage has already been done. Blacks could not in any kind of way keep up with amassing the same amount of wealth than white neighborhoods. Even the Federal Reserves have said that the average net wealth of a typical white family is $171,000. That is 10 times more. Also, you have to realize that with less wealth in black neighborhoods means less taxes. Less taxes means less money going to schools. Less money going to schools means fewer classes, fewer qualified teachers, fewer AP classes, which then which accumulates to fewer black high school graduates, fewer college graduates, so on. So you see, even though systemic racism started years ago, it's still something that we feel today. You also got to realize subconsciously 
quote, quote, because of the poor neighborhoods means more policing. More policing means more rest. More rest means more of blacks and minorities in jail, which means you get a record, which means it makes it harder for you to find a decent job or even a place to stay, and so on and so on. See, when you say systemic racism, it isn't a once situation thing. This is something that's supposed to be set up for you to feel generations upon generations upon generations later. This is where that saying from the Dr. Martin Luther King, who said, they always tell us to pull ourselves up by the bootstraps, which is kind of hard to do when you don't have boots. Well, they're the ones who took the boots. And now they want us to work 10 times harder than our white counterparts, even though the starting point wasn't equal. Now, again, like I said, I have plenty of examples of systemic racism, but that's just a glimpse into one of them. And you can now understand that if you don't believe this, then my last example will surely let you know how bad it is in the United States. George Floyd's murder. Yeah, I'm going there. George Floyd's murder is a prime example of white privilege. Now, you could also say it's a prime example of police brutality, but in order for you to even have police brutality, and this is just my opinion, you have to have white privilege to begin with. In other words, you have to realize that they have gotten away with murders of the black community and minorities for so long why change? Because you could easily say, well, this is the reason why it happened, and that's the reason why it happened. And you have your white counterparts that will basically agree with you. How many times have minorities unarmed been killed? And even in news media, the first thing that they do is try to find a mugshot of the person who died. They never find a mugshot of the person who killed them, which is the cop, mainly because, well, you actually have to be held accountable for anything in order for you to have a mugshot. But I digress. That is a prime example of it. But if you don't want me to use that example, then fine. Let's talk about the elephant in the room, the January 6th Capitol riots. Now, I could start this whole thing off talking about how the Capitol Police didn't feel that they should have the exact same security they would have for a Black Lives Movement protest or the Pentagon or the Justice Department. I'm pretty sure by the time this video come out, it would be somebody else to blame for not feeling that white Americans would damage um, anything compared to Black Lives Matter, which, hint, hint, they do, and they did. But let's move on. Cousins, let's talk about everything that happened afterwards. Particularly, let's start with arrests after the riot. Particularly, let's talk about Jacob Chainley. Now, in case you don't remember who Jacob Chainley was, that's the guy that was walking around with the face paint on and with the fur cap and the horns. Well, after he got arrested 
and was taken to the detention center, he decided he wasn't going to eat anymore. Why he wasn't going to eat anymore? Was it because he's actually protesting because he believed in his rights, that he believed that the election was rigged and that he will not stand for this? Yeah, I try to put as much bravado as into this as I possibly can. But the truth of the matter is he didn't want to eat because the detention center does not serve organic foods. And because of his religion, he can only eat organic foods. So when his first appearance in front of a judge came, his defendant told the judge that his client would not eat, has not eaten since Friday because he only eats organic foods. Well, the judge was deeply concerned, quote, and ordered that Chainley's defendant find a way to accommodate this 33-year-old man. Thus, the U.S. Marshal's office complied, and now he is being served with a strict organic diet. Now, <laughs> the fact that this couldn't happen to a black person because if this was a black person, he would already been dead on the Capitol steps to begin with. So we don't have to worry about him actually being taken to a detention chamber. But that's just the way it is. Now, the most common version of white privilege is they feel they have the right to call the police on you when you're walking through their neighborhood or you're walking in their park, or they feel like they should be able to put their hands on you because you look like somebody who stole my iPhone, even though my iPhone looked like a thousand other iPhones. I could use those, but I kind of think that somebody who has done a terrorist attack on the Capitol and being rewarded with a strict organic diet, yeah, that works too. So there you have it, cousins. This is a fair warning. If this show is not for you, if these topics are not for you, so be it. Understandable. If this is something that we should get over, or it's not that big of a deal, or you feel like it's being blown out of proportion, well, I thank you for listening as far as you have, and have a great day and a great life. But for those who stuck around, again, fair warning, this is just the beginning of a lot bigger, bolder, and more, shall I say, radical podcast. So if you did stick around, why don't you subscribe, leave a review, your likes, your dislikes, leave a topic that you would like to discuss. Follow me on Instagram, Twitter, or our Facebook page. Now, until next time, cousins, see you when I see you. Peace.